Hey, all you IT listeners out there. I just wanted to take a moment before the show to share with you our new sponsor. We've been working with BestRadioTravel.com to bring the lowest hotel prices to our loyal listeners. Stay tuned during the upcoming show to hear more about how you can save 15 to 30% off your hotel rates. Awesome. Let's start the show. Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, girlfriendit.com, and the movement, girlfriendit. Here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on toginet.com. Some of you listeners have watched a Netflix show called Friday Night Lights. I didn't realize it was based on a true story of a football team whom H.G. Bissingers wrote a book about. He profiled the economically depressed town in Texas and their heroic high school football team. Now, years later, they have come out with a movie based on this team called Carter High. During the 1980s, Carter High School in Dallas, Texas, was a football powerhouse. This movie tells the story of the student-athletes whose off-the-field activities cost them their future. Today, we have the opportunity to hear on a personal level from one of those athletes, Patrick P.K. Williams, and at one point, he was co-captain of the team and a native and a graduate of Carter High School. P.K., you are here to share your story of what took place. I just want to thank you for being on the show today. Sure, no problem. Thank you for having me, Patty. Well, I'm just going to give a little brief summary of of the information that I have gathered, and please okay. correct me if any of this, if I'm way off here, but I'm going to go through um, just to introduce it to our listeners out there the the 1988 carter high school football team you guys just seemed invincible and i i love the way that the the movie just portrays how in your town truly you could do no wrong nothing could stand in your way um especially in winning the state championship that year and yet there were tons of obstacles in investigation into some of the grades. Uh, there was racial tensions of that time. And in the movie, it, it actually shows one of the players signing his letter of intent to play at the university while he's lounging in a hot tub with all of his gold yeah. jewelry on. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's there. And you just go, yeah, wait, what? These kids are in high school. Um, yeah. But... Going back from from what I hear, uh, these you guys got started getting yourself into some major trouble here with robberies, and the first robbery was your idea. And yes, it was, Patty. Like uh-huh. five days after winning state, uh, you decided it would be a great idea to have your buddies come into the Jack in the Box at two thirty in the morning with pantyhose pulled over their heads, and this one would begin the first of 21 robberies that police connected you guys with. And they they came in, they entered through the back door. You had propped open uh, the back door there, and you turned the security cameras to face a different way. And you were the cook there at Jack in a Box. 
they, they pointed a pistol at you. They ordered you to lie on the floor with the other employees, and they went on to steal seven hundred dollars from the safe. Um, at the end no, of all, it was a little bit more than seven hundred dollars. It was more than seven hundred dollars. Yeah, it was a little bit more than that. I think that was a, I think that was a cut that we all received. Wow. And and so I got to ask you, PK, at the end, you know, the manager looks at you and is like, are you OK? Um, what were your thoughts at this time? You planned it. You, it, you know, it was all instigated by your your group of friends. Was there guilt, remorse or was this just a thrill, like a teenage brain that's running on adrenaline at this point? Well, that was a very immature brain at the age <laughs> of 17. That's what that was, you know, to even just to you know come up with that with the idea and it wasn't but in the, the the robberies that we did it wasn't out of need but it was more out of greed you know it was just things that we wanted uh that we wanted to you know get that we really that we really didn't have to have and i think when you first started off patty I, you, you know when you, you when you were saying that we won the state championship i everybody in dallas you know where it, anybody loved winners and because we were winners on the field, people just, you know, we were, yeah, we were able to get away with a lot of stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's funny how, you know, like you said, the, the high school brain, that teenage brain, you guys are the heroes. You're like gods walking around there. And I, I think you just start going, hey, we can do this. Like you said, it, you didn't need the money. It just a mixture of maybe fun and greed that you could be even more than all that. Cause yeah, in your mind, yeah and it's, you know, just making a bad, and it was, it, you know, it was just making a, a, a bad decisions. And, you know, and the decision that we made, of course, it, it, it had an effect on our future. Uh, you know, and it's just, it, at that time again, Patty, we were just immature and it was just a way of, of us of us going to get what we thought that we needed. And pretty much what we did with the money, we didn't go out and buy groceries. We didn't go out and, you know, and, and, and we didn't get the money to our parents so they can pay any type of bills. We went to what at that particular, particular time was called the Keith Bazaar, and we just went about gold and clothes and tennis, Air Jordan and stuff like that. So that was the whole purpose behind the robbers was to go and, and, and buy that type of stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And- and you were you were thinking, hey, this is going to help our social status here, right? It's like financially we can we can one up everybody and have the gold and the fun and and do all this. We don't. This isn't going to help us go to college or anything. Well, I, I think you, you know when, when you talk about David W. Carter back in the eighties, when you talk about powerhouse, you have to understand that's exactly what we were. In, in, back in the eighties, Carter never did have to rebuild. Only thing they did was just reload it. And so, I mean, we was, and if you played on the football team, and again, by me being the captain, I, you know, I didn't, I, I, I didn't have to go out and get the goal just, just for social status because I was already there. Why? Because I already played on the football team. Uh-huh, <laughs> so again, uh-huh. the goal was just out of just us wanting that. It was just out of greed. Yeah. Well, this is what really caught my eye as I was watching that movie. Uh huh. When no, you talking, talking about the Carter High movie, right? Not Friday yeah, Night Light. Okay. The Carter High movie, yeah. Okay. The district judge at the time, Joe Kendall, at the very end of that, and I'm this is spoiler alert, but <laughs> most people know what happened. That right. his 
sentencing, he actually, his quote was, while you never shot or killed anyone, the, the defendants before this court committed cumulatively in six months time more armed robberies than Bonnie and Clyde did in their lifetime. And that makes you go, okay, that's a stop and pause to really realize that you guys were just truly going on this robbery, this spree of doing this without even thinking about it. And then at that point, he went on to sentence you guys, um, anywhere from two to 25 years. And he, as he issued each sentence, you know, just the screaming in the courtroom and the crying and the sobbing. Can you remember that day like it was yesterday? Oh, yeah. And, and Patty, for, for me, and I think, and you see why I wrote this in my book, I think it was very unfair for Judge Kendall to compare us to murderers because if, because Bunny and Clyde, they did murder people. We did. Yeah. So I, I thought that was an unfair comparison, you know. Uh, number one, number two, yeah, we did we did commit a lot of crime, but it was different. It, it was it, it was it was it was seven of us in each. For me personally, I only committed three crimes, and then I think he had Keith. They may have did four. So what he did was combine all of those together because you had you had you had more people from Hillcrest that uh, he bunched all of us together. So it was just it was just unfair for him to compare us to murderers. That's just my opinion. And, 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 you, and you know, in the courthouse, when you talk about the the crime, that was sad because you know our parents, people that loved us, you know, we 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 let down a whole a whole community. And I'm not proud of that at all, you know. And in my book, I, I did give my apologies, but you but our, our action is affected everybody, Patty, that was in the courtroom, everybody that was on TV. And, and and mostly it affected Coach James for the simple fact they they bothered him day in and day out and it wasn't that Coach James Coach James instilled us on how to be men on on what to do you know so again it was just our own decisions to go out and do and do those robberies but yeah uh, we affected a lot of people on, on the decisions uh, on that decision that we made Patty but again for me I just think it was unfair for Judge Kendall to compare us. Well, and from what I gather, I thought it was interesting and a little unfair. You guys didn't realize you were going in to be sentenced. Like you didn't have that choice given to you on if you wanted to take this in front of a, a jury or just in front of a judge. So it was kind of like, boom, he heard the story, he sentenced you, and and that was that. I, it, it seemed like it was a little unfair as to what information your attorneys had as as well it was on, on the on, for me on on the attorneys that we chose and the reason that we chose and, and you see a lot of the, a lot of the attorneys that we chose they in a higher office right now just Cruzo. in fact I went in interview with Judge Cruzo for him to be my attorney but we just thought it wasn't it wasn't in our best interest at that time to choose him and that's why I went with Mark White uh, but what, what, what all the attorneys had pretty much come up with that they thought it would just be best for us to go before the judge and not to be sentenced before a jury. Okay. So that was, that, that, that was, and that's inside information. So, you know, mm-hmm. that was, that, that was just something that all the attorneys sat down with and thought that it would just be best for, uh, you know, us to go before 
judge Kendall and not because who, who would have thought you know even we did wrong you know it, we did wrong but who would have thought you know I, everybody would have got time you know first time offenders you know make a mistake you know but that, that the system is the system is what it is Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you have written a book now, um, uh-huh. from a letter man to a better man. And I love gonna... that. I love yeah, that. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and, and you were able to, to share your story and like you say, apologize, apologize to the community, apologize to, to everyone, which, which is really neat because you are taking this story and it's one of redemption and humility. And just your quest to be a better man and also help so many people and especially, you know, just high school kids and, and you, you've done, you've given back. And I think that's really cool. And that's why I was really looking forward to having you on the show today just to talk about, um, you know, what happened. And I, I would like to know your journey as you, you went into prison and, and first of all, what did you say to your mom and dad? <laughs> I mean, if that happened to my son, I, I yeah. just, you're like, what are you thinking? You don't need this money. And you're just, you know, so how did you even face your parents when this happened? Well, my dad wasn't around, so I don't know him. I, I don't even okay. know him. Uh, so, but my mom, and at that particular time I was staying with my auntie and that's, that's another story within the book on how I, how, on how I arrived at Carter. But, you know, it was, you know, she asked me what happened, you know, and we just told him why we did it, um, why, you know, why we did it. It wasn't because, you know, again, of a need. Uh, it was just, you know, out of greed. So, because, you, you know, we had to come clean. And <clears throat> one thing that they did that they don't do now, Patty, is they came to my house uh, and took me downtown and questioned me. You know, they're just something that they don't they do not do now. So they, they didn't give me an option on having an attorney or calling my parents or calling my, my auntie or my mom. I didn't have an option, you know. So it, it was just, you, you, you know, it was just a, a scared black kid in, you know, in a, a in an office, you know, being questioned. Uh-huh. So. Wow. So then you, what were you actually sentenced to? Because I know you, you served three years, four months, four and months. 19 days. 19 days. That's the title. Yeah. Yes, thirteen years, and under the law okay. at that particular time, we you you did one fourth of the law, so one fourth. You know, if you got got out on good behavior, you, you didn't have you you know you didn't do anything. Well, you was at the right ranking, then they was they did release you. So and then, but Patty, after I got out, I had to finish the remaining ten years on probation. So you know that that meant that I had to go and report every month. You know, it, it did, mm-hmm. you know, I, I had to do what I had to do, you know, to stay out, and I did. And, and just, you know, speaking on the three years, four months, and 19 days, because, I, you know, Patty, I do get a chance to go out and speak to uh, football teams, to coaches, you know, they have me in talking to them. You know, it's, 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 it's not a joke. You know, jail jail time is it's, it's for real. And, you know, just just being in there, it 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 it, it didn't help me. What I mean by that is I was mad at the system because for me, what I seen was legalized slavery. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I, I knew within myself I was not, I was not going back. So when I was released, it was on a Friday. I was going to do whatever it took for me to stay out. And I knew that I had to get a job, you know, and start working because you just, 
the, the system and, and we and we see is is it's set up against black people. I was a young black man in the nineties in America out on uh probation and they were expecting me to fail, but I didn't. So yeah. you know, the system it, it sucks and it, it is what it is, but it sucks. Well, and with that though, you've taken that attitude of, hey, the system's not good. And now you go back and you're doing prison ministry and you're mentoring um, the kids at Carter High School and in your surrounding community. And so I, I just hats off to you, PK, that you are are taking what was, you know, put on you and you're now using it in in ministry and um, giving back and that that's really neat to make sure that others don't follow in that that same path and I, I had another question were you 17 or 18 when you received this sentence did they I was, when, I was 17 when I was robbing robbing but I turned 18 in March there so we we were sentenced in September so I was 18 when I was uh, when I was sitting, and and and, and Pat, I, I just want to uh, I want to recognize one of the programs that I do with Judge Amber Davis, given she's a Dallas County judge. In fact, she had me and Keith in this past Monday, and what we do, she she'll bring us. I mean, we we are in the program. We'll we'll she'll bring us in, and we'll go and and, and talk uh, to uh, her program. And these are people that have a felony conviction. And if they complete the program, well, then their record is, is expunged. So she'll bring us in. And we met her at the premiere of, of Court of High. We met her real real nice uh, uh, judge, Judge Amber. And we, she'll have her come in, and, she, and we'll give our testimonies about, you know, what it's like to, you know, be in prison and what you have to do when you get out. Because it's not easy getting a job, you, you know, uh, because mm-hmm. they want you to, you know, be out of prison for you know, two or three years, and it's just so much off into it that you have to, that you know, once you once you once you do become free, it's just so much petty that you have to do. Well, Judge Amber, she have us come in talking to these people uh, in in her program, you know, encourage them, you know, letting us y'all mess up, y'all, you know, you 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 going to down, you go you going you going to jail, and just what you could face. Mm-hmm. And then uh, not only that, Patty, I've, this past year, <clears throat> I was a mentor. Uh, at, at David W. Cut and I and I do I do I, I do a lot. I give back. I give my time. So you know, uh, I didn't I didn't allow the mistake to define who I am now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and right there, you know, just for our, our listeners out there, it's just so much to learn from that. Don't let your mistakes define who you are, because you're so much bigger than that. And especially as a believer. Uh, just leaning in. We all, I love the thing. Uh, I just heard this quote where, you know, we used to always say failure is not an option. And if failure isn't an option, then, then success is not an option because you have to fail. We're all, right. we all have our mistakes. We'll never succeed unless we go through those tragedies and struggles and, and we're able to experience those failures. Uh, my, my other question for you, PK, were you friends with any of these of your you know friends that you were playing football with that are now in prison? Are you guys in the same prison where you can see each other, or how did that work out? Did you go in just completely lonely and isolated when you got into prison? Well, when we when we eventually 
after we had done some time, pretty much all of us winded up on the same pre-release unit, which was in Bridgeport, Texas. We that was the pre-release unit. I think all of us was was on that unit except for Derek and Keith, because they both of them had to do some significant time, a lot of time. Then you know, pretty much what we had to do. So we eventually winded up on uh, the same pre-release unit and. And previous to that, I winded up. Uh, they shipped me down. Pat, let me go back. When we first got to Loose Theory, the Dallas County Jail, Patty, it had been people that had been waiting for like two, maybe two, a year or two, just to go down to TDC. Pat, mm. we was in TD, we was in Loose Theory for two weeks, and they shipped us off. Unheard of. Un- and they call it the 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 the, the, uh, the chain game. We caught the chain, <laughs> so they shipped us in. So we was a two weeks. They got us out of Dallas County and shipped us into TDC. Well, I winded up in Navasota, Texas, which is down by Houston, and so I stayed there for about six months. And one of the things that I did, and I took a risk, I I did was call later down. I didn't get up and go to work because I wanted to be closer to Dallas Forward area. And when you lay it down, then they put you, they, they demote you in your class and they strip you off to another unit and all of that worked because I winded up in my unit, which is Palestine, Texas, and therefore Jimmy was. Jimmy was one of the guys that robbed with us. So, you know, we eventually, again, we winded up, but you know, prison is what it is. You know, you, you, you do have, I, I've seen, I was in the cell by the, by two cells down. Somebody got killed while I was in the cell. Mm-hmm. Got, Seen somebody get beat down. Was in a uh, uh, we was in a uh, what you call those uh, uh, fights. I mean, it 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 is it, 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 prison. What you see on TV, that's true. So, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's not a fun place. You know, it, it ain't trying to. It's not a place where you need think you need to go because of the rappers and all that other stuff. Tell you, you know, but it is what it is. So, but yeah, it's we Patty. We winded up eventually on the same unit. Hmm. Okay, since you brought it up, the rappers. <laughs> uh-huh. I my my kids, you know, they they kind of like listening to rap music, and um, uh, I just am curious as to yeah, why in some of the rap music, why do we edify some of this behavior and where it's so cool, like you said, to to have that greed and to. I just, I struggle there. It's at one point you want to go, okay, let's, let's be a better role model to these kids. Is this something that you also talk about and share when you mentioned it just now? Do you, when you go into prison ministry or when you talk to the kids in your community, do you talk about that? Yeah, you, cause you, you, Patty, I don't, I think I put this in my book also. Patty, before we went and robbed, and I did put it in my book. I'm sorry. Patty, before we went to ride, Patty, we went, what we would do, we would listen to NWA. And you know what NWA stands for. And we would, we would listen to a song that they call on how they were robbing a bank. Mm. And Patty, that kind of what's called wired us up. You know, they gave us a, a high because we were about to go out and rob somebody. And Patty, music has such an influence over our youth. Yes. You know, for it, it, for 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 the rappers now, you know, the only thing they talk about is gun violence and death. That's all they talk about: gun violence and death, dope, drugs, and prostitutes. 
I mean, that, you know, and, and, and that's a channel into your spirit, man, you know, into mm-hmm. your to your spiritual man. And, yeah, that does has has an effect. And so you, you have to, you know, with your babies, you do have to be careful on what they listen to. Not only what they listen to, but what they look at, because you, you'll find you'll find these babies trying to act out what we did. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and, that's, and that's what and that's what's going on. Music has such an influence over our youth. It does, and so you know you you have to be you have to be cautious. You have to be careful about what you listen to because a lot of times what the rappers are saying about they never lived that, they never experienced that, they never been through that. But it's all about fame, money, and fortune, and you know, and it's it's sad because they experienced it often to our kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Well, we're we're coming down to our our last few minutes of the show, and I just want to ask you at what point. When you were in prison or, or, you know, maybe it was right before you were going to prison that you were just like, okay, God, I, I surrender my life. It, <laughs> I'm obviously not doing a very good job here with the way I'm thinking things through. Uh, what did you have a moment or was it just many moments? No, Pat, I'm glad you asked me that. Patty, if you look at, I have this picture in my book and everybody asked me this. And if you see it on TV, when we were being taken to jail, they put us in chains pretty much. After, after, after we were sentenced in court, well, we walked into the room, they put us in chains. So, so many people asked me, well, PK, why was you smiling? Well, Patty, prior to the sentencing, I, I had my encounter. I had my experience with Christ. And mm-hmm. so, whatever happened, I was okay with it. <laughs> And they asked me, well, why would you smile? Because I had the peace of God on me. Even if I had to go to jail, Patty, I was okay with it because I felt like it was God's will. Mm-hmm. So it, it, so, so for me leading up, that was my peace. And if you go look at my picture, if you go look at that video where they chained us, Patty, I had a smile on my face. Not because, the, not because the situation was funny. Not because I thought somebody looked funny. It's because I had the peace of God on me. Mm-hmm. And and was this from? Did your aunt sit down with you? Your your mom? At what point did you say? You know, when you had that transformation, was it a conversation or you just had that that piece I, of God? I, we we grew up in church, Patty, so I knew better, anyways. Mm. I, 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 so you, you know, it, it just those those little Bible study, those Bible study, you know, Sunday school uh, classes time. You know, knowing right for wrong. You know, my mom and auntie. You know, they they raised us in church, and, and you know, you 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 knew right for wrong. So it wasn't it wasn't that at that time I started going to church, but I had been going. And my apology, you you have seen where Derek and Gary gave their apology. You know, at that time before the news media media. At that time, I gave my apology before the church, and and that's really where my transformation had started, you know, is when I gave my apology because it was sincere and it was true. And it wasn't for the cameras, but it was, you know, for me, you know, for me to get it right with God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then when you were in prison, and now, you know, you do have the, the Holy Spirit is, is giving you this peace, but that's still, I mean, we we still struggle, right? It's still very yeah. hard, and I'm sure you felt yeah. lonely and isolated. Were there times that you just were crying out for God, going, "Okay, I I can't do this." No, no, I no, no, I I I'm gonna get through this. 
I, Katie, I had a great support system. Mm-hmm. I, you, you, you know, I wasn't going to get in prison and give up. No, no, no. I, I had a great support system. And because of the great support system that I had while I was in prison, my mom, my brother, my auntie, you know, my cousin, because of the great support system that I had while I was in prison, that's why I was able to get out and be successful. But it, it's, you know, because of the support system. So mm-hmm. you you know now I wasn't I wasn't about to, too young t- Pat I was too young eighteen I hadn't lived life yeah and I had a full life ahead of me too young to give you know to give up now in my book Patty previous to that there was a time that I did contemplate and killing myself but it had nothing to do with the robberies I hadn't mm-hmm. even got the quarter yet but you I, I did contemplate at the, at one time killing myself mm-hmm. suicide risk and what. What happened that changed this thought process? Uh, man, it, it, you, you know, just just the little encounters with God. You know, just mm-hmm. now nah, you're not you're not gonna do that. You know, now nah, just 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 hold off. You know, with just little encounters with God because God is He's always mindful of us. We are always on His mind. He loves us. He cares about us. And he watches over us and he protects us. So, you know, it wasn't, of course, it wasn't my time because I'm still here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So, you yep. know, it's just, it's just I, I, I have, he's he seen God sees what he put in you. And he wants to get out of you what he's put off into you. So, you know, just for me to be able to be a father to my kids when I didn't have a father, you know. So my, my, my kids have seen me and my wife together for 24 years you know, in, in, in a husband and wife relationship and for me to be able to be a provider, you know, to my kids. We never went without it. So it's just, you know, I'm I'm Pat, I'm just grateful. My you know, my, my legacy, what I wanna leave for my legacy is number one, that people know that I love God. Number two, that people know that I love my wife. And number three, that people know that I love my grandkids and my kids. It's not about mm-hmm. things for me, Pat. It never has been. But just to know that my kids, my wife, my grandkids, and people know that I love God, that's what I want to leave behind. Mm-hmm. And thank you for that, and especially for our listeners, that just to, to have that legacy, to, to think of things with the end in mind of what do I want to leave here? And you had a situation where there were some stupid choices and how you were able to take that and now give back and know that that's not what I want to be defined by is my mistakes. I want to be defined by, I love God. I love my wife. I love my kids and grandkids. And if we don't have that abundant love to give to others, to be able to share that, then uh, people won't see the Holy Spirit in us. Well, I just want to thank you again. We are um, finished with our show here, PK. And once again, for people to go out and grab your book, uh, from Letterman to a Better Man. And we just thank you again. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the sh- uh, for being Thank on you, our show.